This is exactly right. When resentment shows up, it means we're overgiving. Mm-hmm. We're just giving what we don't have, and we haven't we haven't reserved the crumbs for ourselves, or that the crumbs are no longer enough. Right? We need more than mm-hmm. fumes. And I think it's really this, we have to disrupt this thinking that showing up for ourselves, having our own back is actually taking away from the people that we love. And it's, it, it's the exact opposite. Welcome to the Parent Footprint Podcast with Dr. Dan. I'm Dr. Dan, your host, and let me tell you about our mission at Parent Footprint. It's to make the world a more loving and compassionate place, one parent and one child at a time. We believe the key to raising happy, healthy, and engaged kids is for us parents to seek the same in our own lives, happiness, health, and engagement. We believe that awareness is the foundation for your vision of successful parenting and with increased awareness and intention, we can be purposeful about leaving a healthy footprint on our children. Today's show, which is completely aligned with our mission, is called Parenting Ourselves with self-care strategist Katie McDonald. Just a decade ago, Katie's corporate career and motherly duties occupied her every waking moment She was left feeling depleted and depressed, suffering with asthma, allergies, ulcerative colitis, irritable bowel syndrome, pneumonia, shingles, and lung infections. And the real threat of a compromised and shortened lifespan became her complete inspiration to transform her body-mind relationship. Since applying her knowledge of alternative health and plant-based nutrition to her life, she's been disease-free for nearly 10 years, everybody. In 2011, Katie founded Be Nourished, a fulfillment of her vision to transform other people's lives one mindful habit at a time. As a certified holistic health coach, raw food chef, and instructor, her mission is to empower you to claim your birthright of exceptional health. And while cultivating nourishing self-care rituals and reflect a deep respect for your body and mind, Be Nourished is recognized as one of the top 50 on fire by American Inno, and Katie was named 2020 Achievement Honoree by Providence Business News. Katie, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Okay, so I started the story. Tell us your story. Yeah, well, it's a sadly, it's a typical story in a lot of ways. I was working for corporate America, and I sold my soul. Um, I was addicted to busyness. And I didn't know how to tame the bully of my mind at all. I could not quiet it. um, And it ruled me. And the thoughts that um, circulated over and over again were that I wasn't enough, that I hadn't done enough, that I would never be able to finish the to-do list that haunted me the minute my head hit the pillow. So I compromised my health. Something had to go, and it was me. I thought that self-care was an obstacle to my being um, successful. I thought it was a nuisance, like a gnat that got in the way, instead of really a tool to be leveraged. So I had to wake up. I had to wake up to the responsibility of inhabiting a body and the demands and the maintenance that was required. 
And unfortunately, it took me getting really, really sick to figure that out and um, and then becoming a, a mother and noting how I had a responsibility to role model what a mature adult did and that required self-care. So I had to mm-hmm. learn it fast mm-hmm. and I had to learn it in a way that um, bypassed my sense that I deserved it. Like I didn't feel like I deserved it yet, but I had to act as if I did because the reality was the clock was ticking and the stakes were high. Mm. Now, this, I mean, this long list of health issues that you ended up having, from a timeline perspective, I guess what I'm curious about is, did those all come once you were in corporate America? Or did you, did you already have some of these challenges? I had the whispers. Um, they became a roar in um, mm-hmm. in my career, but mm-hmm. they were definitely whispers. And I was just too busy doing my thing. And I had the ignorance of youth that I could get away with it. And so, you know, I think our body talks to us. And luckily, the communication lines were still open. Um, to but it had to kind of magnify the level of disease. All the other hints and the whispers, um, I was too busy to tend to. So the symptoms got bigger and bigger and bigger. And, you know, to the point where, you know, as an asthmatic, like I couldn't breathe, right? And and there was too much on my plate, literally and figuratively. I mean, there was just so much my body was trying to ask me to, to get out of my head and take the elevator down into my body. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I didn't know how to do it until there was crisis. And then when did parenting come in, did the parenting journey come into this timeline? Yeah. So I was deeply depressed and decided that I was going to quit Mm -hmm. uh, because I had to, I didn't have a choice. And what I discovered that was I couldn't remember things. Like I was a highly functioning, depressed person. um, Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden I was missing appointments and that absolutely startled me and shocked me into, wow, I I can't function anymore. So I made the decision to, to um, quit and uh, for five months later, but within two weeks conceived my son after years of trying. Hmm. So the minute I created space, right? Hmm. The minute I created space, my, my son knew that there was going to be a room for him. And um, so, but then I didn't get the message. Like I took the same, I left my career, but I took that same intensity and drive and I just pivoted and and transferred it to my parenting. I was that obnoxious mom, all the, (laughs) you know, all the canisters labeled and, you know, warm, vegan, organic cookies, baking in the oven. My house was pristine. We, you know, we just, the standards that I kept for myself, they were no different than what I held in my career, except they were the parenting version. So I apologize to anybody who, um, you know, I was just obnoxious and ego driven <laughs> and, and didn't have the wisdom to know that's what I was doing. It was the only way I knew how to operate. So that uber obnoxious mom who was just over functioning for, for everyone else, um, but underperforming for myself. And that's when the ulcerative colitis came. That's when the, when mm. the, symptoms mm. exacerbated. I got new ones. I mean, to the point where it was like, what, is, what will it take? Um, what will it take for me to wake up? How far do I have to go? And unfortunately, I had to go pretty far. That's how asleep yeah. I was. Yeah. And so what this is, I mean, so important for everyone to hear is, you know, sometimes it is the job and obviously you leaving a highly stressful job um, that created space for your son. Um, but 
the job is an external stressor, and then there is who we are and what we bring to the table. So who you it makes me think of wherever you go, there you are, right? So yes, you were still right? <laughs> yeah. I right. took so, me with me. Yes. Yeah. 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 And, and 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 so leaving you know cor- corporate America, stressful corporate America with the golden handcuffs and all the stuff that you know a lot of people know about, and you got more sick. Yeah. Well, I was my captor, right? Mm-hmm. I wasn't a victim. I w- you know it was me. I created this. I manifested this, and I had to figure out who was I when I wasn't producing. Could I be a human being? Because I had nailed the human doing part. That mm-hmm. I know. That mm-hmm. that I know. But the human being part was completely elusive to me. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. So since I'm going to take a stab here, because this sounds very familiar to me, um, I often say in my talks and we're relevant, I am a perfectionist in recovery. Oh, So I I have to ask you, does this, does that word, that concept speak to you as well? Oh, you're my tribe. Of course it does. Of course it does. The punishing, relentless bully in my head that I could not figure out how to tame. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And for those of you listening, it's, it's, Gosh, this perfectionism, this drive—you know—we say it's—it's it's like this fear of failure at the core, and the not good enough, as Katie's talking about. And it's insidious, and it's quiet, and unless, like, no one tells us that it's a thing, and all we know is what we know and how to be and how we think we need to be. So it takes a lot of, uh, well, pain, awareness, um, messages to sort of realize, like, re- distance oneself from this and take a look at it. Yes. I mean, there's no question that the, the tricky part is it serves us. I mean, it really yeah. does. That's the, that's the, you know, that's just the truth. You know, we're going to hang on to it for as long as it serves us. And so it was working. My ego was very tied into being the one that was always buttoned up tight and had it all together. And, um, and I really had to come undone um, and, and change the way I did things. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and that, and it had to get more and more extreme for me to understand. And I'd love to say, I love the recovery part, right? I've always, mm-hmm. that's always who I am. So I got to figure out who I am and understand I'm not broken. I've just got to leverage who I am. So if I'm going to be a perfectionist to some degree, how can I do it in a way that actually fortifies me and yes. strengthens me instead of demoralizes me? Yes. And and just one more piece about this part of our conversation is the field is really split on if, if there's positive perfectionism or negative perfectionism or, or if all is negative. And, and, and so that half the pe- fe- field thinks like, well, yeah, well, there's positive and there's negative and the negative is not good for you and the positive helps you be at your best. And then there's the, 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 the field that says, no, it's all negative because perfectionism is based in a fear and either you're perfectionistic or you move towards striving for excellence. And the difference being perfection is fear of failure, fear of making mistakes, not branching out often because of that. Whereas striving for excellence, you're, make, you're, you're so open to taking risk and making mistakes on the way to being your best self. What do you think? Yeah, I love that. I, absolutely. I mean, the good part of perfectionism is is simply that you know how to set standards for yourself, 
right? <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and then we look at that and say, you know what, those kind of punishing standards, how can I tweak them so that they're humane, so that they're compassionate, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of skills that come with perfectionism. We just have to remove the perfectionism part and, right. and understand right. like I am perfectly inhuman or perfectly hu- human, right? Yes. Perfectly, yes. perfectly human, right? And, right? and what does that mean? And how can I give myself allowances around that to create some padding and some space so yes. that I can breathe and right. so that I can, um, and, and most importantly, I needed to, to break the cycle. I didn't want to gift this to my son. I didn't want the legacy of this um, mm-hmm. to be perfectionism for my son. I wanted better for him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Kermit used to say, it's not easy being green. And as you say, <laughs> like it is not easy being human. It is, and, right? I think we just need to acknowledge and accept that it is not easy being a human being. No, it's and it's humbling, and it's even more so if you choose an, an intentional path as as you do, right? Mm-hmm. It's like if I choose to be awake, then I'm going to see stuff I don't like. So how do I talk to myself when I do? Mm-hmm. Right. So okay, did you? So you have your 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 son. You are Uber um, mom, and there's again, we're not there's there's plenty of good Uber moms. It's like your Uber mom with the same habits that you had earlier, which were not serving you. You yes. get, um, you know, your illnesses actually increase. Yeah. Um, did you have to reach the metaphorical rock bottom to mm-hmm. then make this switch? Yes, unfortunately, I was so obtuse, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, and, and that's okay. That's where I was. But yes, that's what it required. And, and it's actually I, I decided I knew I was stressed. I knew I loved being home with my son. I was a stay at home mom that was rarely home. Um, We were Mm -hmm. always out on adventures. And and I had the I had the privilege of being home. That was a choice my, my husband and I made. And I was glad to do it. But Again, the how I was doing it wasn't working. So um, I really had to figure out what would it what would it take for me to calm my mind? And I thought, oh, meditation, that'll do it. So I signed up for a four-day meditation retreat because that's what you do. <laughs> if right, you're a right. super achiever, like right. you don't just meditate on a cushion for five minutes or in a chair with a cup of tea. Like I was like, let's sign up for a four day meditation retreat and stare at a blank pall, which was my biggest fear. If you're addicted to busyness, the fear is what happened? What do I see when I stop? Right. What do I see mm-hmm. when I slow down? We can't outrun it, but I had the fantasy still that I could, but I was like, meditation is good. I'll do a four day meditation retreat. And that's when the lining of my colon started falling out. Like really mm-hmm. it's like, bye-bye. I'm out of here. <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. So that was the, that was the last straw. That was like, okay, this is terrifying. My life is going to be compromised at best, shortened at worst. And I couldn't still do it for myself. I didn't deem myself yet worthy of the kind of care that was required for me to recover. So I did it for my son, right? Mm -hmm. I leveraged Mm -hmm. what I knew I would always show up for. I knew I would always be there for him. So I had Mm -hmm. to do it through that lens. And that Mm -hmm. was enough. That was enough for me to change my life in a pretty dramatic way, to take what I had studied. I mean, every book was on nutrition. Every book was on mindfulness. But implementation, not so much. Right. And and what you're talking is about an underlying, you had to get to a place of some sense of self-worth because all of this knowledge doesn't matter if you don't think you deserve it. 
Right. And it was just mind candy, right? It mm-hmm. wasn't, if it's, mm-hmm. it doesn't have legs, if there's no mm-hmm. action behind it, then yeah. we can delude ourselves into thinking that we're actually implementing it. But the fact mm-hmm. was I hadn't put action behind right. it. So, right. um, and, and I didn't, I don't believe that we have to, I think so many people believe, and, and I did for a while that I had to wait till I felt worthy or till I felt like it. And the fact is I had to act my way into it. I had to act as if I was somebody who was going to take care of herself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, th- I mean, and then yeah. the confidence came and then everything came with it. And, and that, that goes back to, you know, something that's prominent in NA and A, the fake it to make it right. Like sort of yeah. act as if, and then you mm-hmm. become. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think it's, I think it's behave, become, believe. Like mm-hmm. if I were to put it mm-hmm. in that order and I used to I like have that. it reworked, but I think that's right. the order. That I'm sticking with. Yeah. Behave, believe, become. Yeah. Nice. Nice. I also want to highlight something you just said. Um, I had the same experience um, in my life uh, or similar experience of uh, when our kids were young and being in a really difficult place. Um and lacking worthiness and hope. And uh, what I've, you know, from that experience, what I tell clients over the years is, you know, our kids become our motivators. And, and when we don't think we can do it for ourselves or deserve to do it for ourselves, like the love we have for them and what we want for them gives us that, often can give us that impetus to get to take the steps we need to ultimately for us, but through the intention for them. Absolutely. It is one of the best tools in our toolkit. No question. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So you go to the retreat. um, And by the way, the retreat, as you, before you even said that, I'm thinking like your healing is um, Joe Dispensa type stuff, right? Like I just did his meditation last night. Uh, Dr. Joe Dispensa, you guys, he's an amazing um, healer. Um, But it's like, that's the kind of like your list of serious chronic illnesses have been gone for several years, right? Like that's remarkable. It's actually been, I, I, um, it's actually 17 years now. 17. 17. Holy moly. Yeah. Update update the bio. I I said, I said 10, 17. That was my bad. (laughs) Yeah. But that's, that's incredible. That's incredible. 17 years. Yeah. Yeah. But it started with a choice to say, mm-hmm. this life isn't working for me, that that how I change, my catalyst for change was always shame, that if I felt bad enough and disgusted enough by myself that I would then, that would be how I would change. And I would create that cycle over and over again, right? So I'd get mm-hmm. lower and lower and then, I, then I'd rise like a phoenix and be like, okay, now I am perfect and pure and I'm going to walk the path of perfection and then I'm just going to, you know, fall off because who could keep that and then um, and then create that like recreate that cycle over and over again and finally I just had to say enough already I'm gonna try compassion because that's the one thing I haven't tried mm, compassion and and then so your walk your journey uh, so f- to to health and then to um, self-care guru, right? I mean, so there's, there's, <laughs> there's healing thyself and figuring yes. that out. And then there's yeah. transitioning to wanting to help others. Well, that was a vow, really, because I, I just got on my knees and was like, okay, if I can get myself out of this, then I've got to go back to my tribe, my tribe of doers, and I'm going to teach them how to be. 
right? Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. there was, I, I needed resources that didn't exist. They, I, I didn't know where to go. All these books, everything out there was like, great, but they were all in silos. How do I bring this together? How do I make this happen so that I can transform myself? And I transformed myself within six months. And, and now, you know, my coaching practice, my concierge coaching practice is six months long. I replicated so much of what I did, but really not just applying my methodology and, and slapping it on somebody else, but actually saying the work was studying myself. What time do I need to go to sleep so that I'm at my best? right? What do I need to eat? And noticing like, when I eat this, I feel great. When I eat this, I don't feel good. I want to feel good. I have to feel good. So I studied myself and, Mm -hmm. and it's really, we have to come up with it. You know, we often say like, Oh, I wish there was a parenting manual, right? Like how do we figure this out? Well, we figure this out because we're present. We observe our children. We study them. We learn until they catapult into the next stage, and then we have to learn all over again. Well, we're the same, right? <laughs> we we need the structure that that children need. Like we don't just because we're adults. It's, it doesn't mean like all of a sudden that structure that we desperately needed as children in order to be well and to thrive. Like all of a sudden stops um, being pertinent. It, it's it, it's absolutely we need more structure than we have. We need more accountability. We need to study ourselves, be curious about ourselves, more curious about ourselves than we are in strangers in social media, right? <laughs> study ourselves with with interest and curiosity, and then say what what do I need to do to have my own back? Because I know I'm going to show up for everybody else. But what would showing up for myself look like? Mm-hmm. And doing all this without rigidity and self being yeah. self punitive, right? This is that mm-hmm. self compassion piece too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so you're showing up, so you're showing up for yourself. Now you've created, you know, your health plan, which of course, um, will, will work for others and no one better to tell someone, you know, it's like, I mean, there's nothing more powerful than you as coach healer saying, this is what I had. This is what I did. And you can do this too. Right. Well, we, we, we don't have the faith because we have so much evidence in our history of what we would deem failure, right? I've tried everything. And by the time somebody gets to me, they've tried everything. <laughs> I'm the last mm-hmm. resort. Like They're just mm-hmm. like, I am out of options. And that's because they're looking outside themselves for solutions. And, and I'm the guide back to yourself. That's what I want to do. I want to remind, like we have amnesia, like that our responsibility is to figure out what we need and then actually to meet that need so that we can serve, right? This is, and we have to transform the idea that self-care is selfish. I mean, I flip it. Self-neglect is selfish. That the suffering in the world is, in my opinion, a result of self-neglect. I think it is mm-hmm. people who have not met their needs and they are rampant and spe- spreading their toxicity mm-hmm. all over the place. So we have mm-hmm. to tend to our own garden. And it starts mm-hmm. with what do we say yes to? What do we say no to? And I was masterful mm-hmm. at saying no mm-hmm. to myself. Really mm-hmm. good at saying yes to every everything and everybody. And that was actually probably the first step is I just looked at my calendar and said, my singular responsibility beyond taking care of my son is recovery. And Mm -hmm. so what am I going to say no to? Because every yes is a no. And I had to say yes to myself over and over again, even when it embarrassed me to have need. It was hard for me to have a need. I was worried I would inconvenience somebody or trouble them or, you Mm -hmm. know, all that. I had to get over that and get over it fast and just be unapologetic about my Mm -hmm. needs to learn how to advocate in the same way that I would advocate for my son. 
Hmm. And that it's it's a it's a it is a complexity and a paradox. And you're making me think. Um, Anne Rand, a couple of decades ago, I was yeah. totally into Anne Rand, Fountainhead, yeah. um, Pillars of the Earth, or not Pillars of the Earth, sorry, Fountainhead, Atlas Shrugged. Um, and what you what you just triggered for me is how those books and those characters were they she talked about being selfish. That was yeah. the that was this thing to become, but not selfish the way we think of selfish, valuing oneself. And right. um so that that is this complexity here because we think about it as a oh you, all you do is think about yourself and in reality there are those folks who do that but so many of us are not and especially I'm just going to say generally speaking um, super moms caring moms right. like you know yeah. hard working moms th that's the last thing a mom is thinking about is is the oneself. Yeah, which is why we're resentful, right? Yeah, I mean, right. resentment is always, without fail, when resentment shows up, it means we're overgiving. Mm -hmm. We're just giving what we don't have. And we haven't, we haven't reserved the crumbs for ourselves or that the crumbs are no longer enough, right? We need more than mm -hmm. fumes. And I think it's really this, we have to disrupt this thinking that showing up for ourselves, having our own back is actually taking away from the people that we love. And it's, it, it's the exact opposite. And I would even venture to say, how dare we not be at our best at a time when so clearly we need to be at our best. It is mm -hmm. our job. And I've had, so I've spent countless of hours on a therapist's couch and it's deeply important. And I did all that work, really value it. But I reached this epiphany that like, wow, my life's mission, and I believe this is all of our purposes, is to, is to be at our best, whatever version mm -hmm. that is, to constantly commit to evolution, to have a growth mindset, to say just 1% better than the day before, and I will be contributing more significantly. This mm -hmm. is how we're able to serve because the most generous of us are serving when we don't have enough to give out anymore. Mm -hmm. We have to, mm -hmm. we're, we're putting ourselves at risk of disease because we're just not giving what we need. The foundational habits are, are not the priorities they need to be. So it's not noble to deny our needs. There's nothing noble about martyrdom in this way because it's like, we're the one I often say, like we're getting strangled by our superhero cape, but it's like, we got to take that off, send it mm -hmm. to the cleaners and rescue <laughs> ourselves. Yeah. Rescue yeah. ourselves. We're in need. We're drowning. Many of us are circling the drain because we are trying to be all things to everybody else that we're trying to be good girls and boys. And when we are, we're never good to ourselves. We can't be. And our kids are watching and yes. they're learning about how to be in life from what we say and what we yep. do. Yep. No question. And wow. So, you know, what are they thinking when they hear us talking about how much we hate our jobs or how tired we are all the time or how there's never a moment or, you know, like all these real things, yeah. but we're teaching them. Well, we're teaching them that that's what parenthood is to deny ourselves, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and it's like, we're silencing ourselves, we're numbing our needs, we're muting our dreams, and then we expect our kids to have a voice and the tools to serve and solve the challenges of today. It's like, it doesn't make sense. We've got, we've got to disrupt this thinking. It's, it's um, archaic and it's dangerous. Mm -hmm. So... Tell us about 
your business. Tell us about this award-winning organization that you have created and what you do. I do concierge coaching. I work with high achievers who are taking care of business and forgetting to take care of themselves, right? So Mm -hmm. these like masterful skills that they're sharing in their professional lives, and then they don't know how to transfer those or uh, to themselves, right? And And sometimes it's disease. Sometimes it's just, I can't do it anymore. I simply can't do it. And and what gets me jumping out of bed with excitement about what I do is taking these high achievers, these visionaries, these leaders, these entrepreneurs, these executives, and saying, hey, you already have the skills. Like You've got them. You've just got to share them with yourself. And, mm-hmm. and within six months, they are fierce and unapologetic and just like, and they are bringing that knowledge and that wisdom and that permission that, by the way, we always had, but we need to be reminded of. Of, of how to function um, with compassion and, and still like that self-care isn't at odds with productivity. I love getting stuff done. I'm never going to not be that person. That is huge for me, but I'm going to leverage self-care as a tool for getting the right things done. I'm going to bring intentionality and discernment, um, and I'm going to get the meaningful things done without coming undone myself. So that concierge coaching has been a core piece of it. And increasingly as a keynote presenter to corporations, organizations around the country, globally as well. And um, and then ultimately I'll be doing a digital um, coaching, taking this experience from a one-to-one to a one-to-many nice. so, that, so that people can really, uh, without the limitations of, of, of my capacity, um, right. to be able to study on their terms in their time and to really wake up to be jolted out of the amnesia that um, what they think, what they eat, what they do doesn't matter, right? It's delusional. Um, But that's what, that's a lot of us are operating. We're getting away with it until we don't. And the other piece is launching the planner that I just brought out because I realized people don't, they don't have a tool. They need a remedy for, um, for, for the tendency for parents to erase themselves to become invisible in their own lives. And just this anchor of every day sitting with it and saying, what are these three things, just three things that I can accomplish that are the most important so that I remember who I am, that I am more than a mother or a father, that I actually am, um, I can shift out of reactivity into intentionality. Hmm. Hmm. Yes. Yes. And I'm thinking, do you get like, for all the achievers listening, it's like what describe the conflict of the um, you can do more and be healthier if you do less. I'm totally, you know, just simplifying it, you know, but yeah. how, how do they wrap their minds around that? Okay. The fact is when we didn't get the sleep that we needed, we're a hot mess, <laughs> right? All we have to do is look at like last night, if that were the case, right? If we yeah. didn't sleep well, Everything takes longer. We're fried, we're grumpy, we're snarly, and we are so far from the grounded, centered parent we want to be. So the fact is, if we want to be um, an intentional parent, then we have to change our habits that mm-hmm. are, have, make the feel the pain of when we don't sleep and what the consequences are. 
right? And then we right. feel horrible about ourselves. And then we're like face first in the pantry, right? Yep. And, yep. and then it all goes down, right? And we're looking, and then we're looking to numb even more. We're numbing in food, we're numbing in screen, we're numbing in shopping, we're numbing in any, you know, social media, all these ways, because we don't want to see the way we acted or reacted as a parent. And the fact is we get our habits rock solid, not perfect. I didn't say perfect. I said solid, right? That we don't cram them in when we have time because we will never, ever, ever have time. I mean, I don't know a single high achiever, um, mom, dad, anybody. I don't know anybody that's like, oh, I've just got so much time. What my to-do list is done. Like, no, that doesn't happen. So we have to put the self-care habits, that morning routine, that nourishing morning routine where we're like, oh, no matter what happens, happens the rest of the day like your kid sneezes you know you're over <laughs> it's game right. over so it's like okay but if you got up and did the the things that you needed to do to the stretching the exercise the walk you know after having a good night's sleep having some leafy greens in your smoothie like you did those things no matter what you'd be like i showed up for me i am in a much better place to serve mm-hmm. i'm a much i have something to give Right. And, and from that, um, that, so it's not hard to look for the evidence that like, if we're eating, if we're eating a lot of junk food and we watch like how disgusting we feel and how heavy we feel and how clogged we feel, that's not going to generate the kind right. of love that we want to bring to our families. So study yeah. ourselves. When I do this, yeah. how do I yeah. behave? And it reminds me of that, uh, age old question. Um, so how's that working for you? Right. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I say that to my clients all the time. Oh, no, yeah. For you. yeah. Right? Yeah. Right. Um, and without judgment, right. Can we see it without judgment and curiosity and be like, huh, this is the way I've been doing things. I wonder if there's a better way. Like that was what worked. Now it doesn't work. What would work where I'd actually like myself? Yes. So what is something, one thing, we often talk about one thing that a listener can do like right now, today, to start their own be nourished self-care journey. Have a cup of tea. Like literally have a cup of tea and start just and the the experience starts the moment you fill the kettle, right? In silence, shut the world out. We're so tuned outward. We got to tune inward, shut the world out and prepare a cup of tea in silence from, and wake in every sense, right? The water boiling, we're hearing that, the warmth, the taste, all of that, and stay still until you have finished that cup of tea. And you have just developed a mindfulness practice. Awesome. Did you guys hear that? A cup of tea in the morning is the start to the rest of your healthy life and you have developed a mindfulness practice. And at any point, not just in the morning, like when you're starting to lose it, go get a cup of tea. Yeah. Right? (laughs) Yeah. When you've got like daggers shooting, like run for a cup of tea and be like, hey, I'm going to slow my roll. Right? Because when Mm -hmm. I pause, I can choose. Mm -hmm. And... And with regard to parenting, I think it's important for everyone to hear being a good parent isn't always about doing. It's it's about being and it's also often our kids need us to not do. And I guess we have to have the wisdom to know the difference by having presence in our own mind and body. Yeah, beautiful. And we won't know that if we're racing, right? That was the Mm -hmm. only lever I could pull in my life was speed. Keep going faster. Right. faster. Right? Whenever I was stressed, yeah. faster. 
right? But all yeah. of a sudden, it's like we're learning the opposite. We're actually learning that we see more, we are more um, when we're we're quiet. And there's a ton of reservoir of wisdom if we could just slow down. So what should people do when they inevitably start to feel guilty that they're doing something for themselves? Um, so I say with kindness, get over it. I mean, really get <laughs> over it. Yeah. We got, that is just archaic. Um, here's the thing. I'm, I'm, I'm of two minds on the guilt front. One is, I think it's a wonderful thing to, um, to help us uh, to jolt us, right. To be like, Oh, here's guilt. I know you. Um, and you know what? I also know that that means I'm on the right path. I always tell my clients, if it feels guilty, go for it. Right, like lean into it because I guarantee you've moved a quarter of an inch on a very wide spectrum of selflessness and self-absorption, and you've got a long way to go. Don't worry, right? Yeah. I, if if yeah. somebody's come to me, there's no way that they are in a state of self-absorption. Right. It's just right. not going to happen. It's a colossal right. waste of time unless you want to leverage it as a little mm -hmm. indicator, like ding, ding, ding. Oh, mm -hmm. there we go again. I must be on the right path. So with love and caring, tell yourself, get over it. We know that we have, we have guilt wired into us for a variety of uh, personal, familial, and cultural reasons. And um, just tell yourself to get over it and have that cup of tea. Yeah. 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 Good summary. <laughs> okay. All right, Katie, it's time for the Parent Footprint Moment question. Are you ready? Love this. I'm so ready. Okay. I'm so ready. Tell us about a time that you became aware of yourself as an individual or as a parent, and that new awareness had a positive impact on your child. I would have to say we referenced it, but it really is that moment when I looked in his eyes and thought, if I don't change, I won't be here. And how tragic and selfish that would be that the greatest gift that I could give my son was role modeling self-care, even when I didn't feel like it, even when I wasn't motivated, I did it anyway. And that my son needed to witness me parenting myself and that that was the biggest gift I could give. And that we didn't, mm -hmm. we never outgrow our need for structure. We never mm -hmm. outgrow our, our need for the scaffolding that holds us upright um, in that day-to-day -day moment uh, when we forget mm -hmm. that our needs are legitimate. Mm -hmm. and, and what do you think, do you see your son practicing self-care? Like, what do you see from your son as a result to how you live your life? Yeah, I mean, he's a teenager, right? He's 19. Um, <laughs> right, so right. I have to preface that, right? Yeah, and if I right. were my kid and wanted to like do the natural separation that takes place when he's about to go off to like New York City in two weeks mm -hmm. for yeah. college, um, right? Yeah. I would... Um, I would not eat my leafy greens, right? <laughs> I'd be like, oh yeah, well, screw you, Kale, right? right. Um, so yes, so there's definitely that. But I, what I see is a, 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 the ability to pivot in the moment that he mm. observes himself. And that is how I saw, like, oh, if we could just observe ourselves with compassion and then course correct gently, 
um, then he would have the skill to last a lifetime. That no matter what kind of trouble he gets in, no matter what kind of conundrum um, he might create for himself, that because um, I believe we're 100% responsible for our lives, right? Whatever he might create, whatever drama he might create, that he can mm-hmm. always reinvent himself in whatever moment, simply through the, the skill of self-reflection without judgment. Hmm. Observe oneself without judgment. Hard to do, but it's, yes. it's a muscle. It's mm-hmm. a muscle that we can, we just have to work. We have to show up and just say like, how can I move that a little bit? How can I move that needle? And you just, you're right. If, if I think that sentence, many would agree, sums up just the beauty of mindfulness to observe in the presence without judgment. Yeah. Ah, okay. So Katie, tell, tell everyone where they can um, find your work. And keep up with what you're doing. Oh, I'd love that. Um, go to my website. It's benourished.com, B-N-O-U-R-I-S-H-E-D.com. And there's free content, lots of um, lots of good stuff there. And if you join my newsletter, you'll receive a 30-page resource guide. And you also can purchase my planner. And um, I'd like to extend a 15% off discount using Footprint as the code. Nice. Um, and you can find that on my website. Um, and you can connect via social media. You can hire me to speak. And if you're really interested in learning more about the concierge coaching, I have a few spaces for 2021. 20, um, and you can schedule a complimentary 30-minute session. All found on my website. Wonderful. And, and, and you did say that, um, there is going to be some digital coaching coming. Is this going to be 20, uh, this year, 2021, would you say? Yes. At the end of the year. End of the year. All right, we won't hold you to that. I went from, hold me to it. Okay, hold you to it. Okay, we we don't want that achievement-oriented voice to like get too strong. Um, Oh, you're wrong to me. Yeah, yeah, I can relate. Okay, and then also just one more plug about the planner so people could just get a sense of what they would be getting with the planner. planner. Yeah, so I I believe in 90 days is the most powerful timeframe for us to be able, and research supports me, it's not just a belief. It's like that is how we change. Um, in that in that time frame. So we need a tool for self-accountability and we need to, to be able to have a level of containment, right? Where we can deactivate the weapon of not enoughness to say like, mm-hmm. here, we've got to mm-hmm. build in the self-care. So there are all sorts of prompts. Um, there's also a digital course that goes with it. So I'm not leaving you hanging. I'm walking you through the Be Nourished methodology for intentional and deliberate time management. And it's a place for ourselves, for our dreams, our goals outside of or inside of our parenting roles. It just reassures us that we have agency in our life when parenting in a pandemic can test the fact like that we are actually, we have some control, right? We can slip into victimhood. And this is this tool to remind you like, oh, I actually have some say here. Awesome. Awesome. Katie, so great talking with you. You're, you're inspirational um, to me, I know, to our listeners as well. So thank you for sharing your experience and wisdom with us. It's my privilege. Thank you so much. All right, everyone. Now you know how to parent. We know how to parent ourselves. So key for us to practice self-care and model it for our kids. As you know, they are always watching. They are always listening. And we are always teaching them even when we are not planning on it. Remember to do your best to be the person you want your child to become. 
check us out. You know where to check us out. You know where to find us. Tell others about the show. Subscribe. Help us with our mission to make the world a more loving and compassionate place, one parent and one child at a time. And as always, ask yourself the guiding question, what footprint do you want to leave?